When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the king. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I'm your host Anne Gripper, and I'm delighted to be rejoined this week by Daily Mirror Royal editor Russell Myers, who has recovered from his lurgy. He's still a little bit fragile, so I'll be gentle with him. But Russell, it's lovely to have you back. I'm sorry you've been under the weather. Well, it's nice to be back. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's been sort of raging through, um, you know, nurseries and children's schooling and uh, like the plague, this, this virus. But I, I'm feeling back to my best to join you. Good. Well, we look forward to you bringing uh, your best to us. Um, I mean, it's fair to say you are not alone in having your health travails. I mean, you were, you did get in touch with me before all of the Royal Health updates hit last week. So you weren't just being a copycat. Ever on trend, you see. Yes. But um, so obviously last week we talked with Jen Newton about Kate going into hospital, Charles's health update and getting treatment for an enlarged prostate this week. And then, of course, at the weekend, we had a, a further health update from Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, saying... The when she was treated for breast cancer earlier in the year, they also, the moles that they took from her, having tested those, one of those was shown as cancerous as well. So her sort of real rough health times have continued. But again, hopefully it has been dealt with early and all will be well. So we wish her all the best with that. So what's, what's the, what's the t- update us on the Fergie side of things to start with? Well, Fergie um, is, I was just, I've just literally just come off the phone of, of one of her friends, actually, who was speaking about Sarah and saying about how she's, you know, ever positive in these, um, in these sort of distressing times. And that is very, very much her uh, MO that she wants to turn the distress over the last few weeks of um, that she's, that she's experienced with this new cancer diagnosis um, after being diagnosed with malignant melanoma, which is the most serious form of skin cancer um no stranger to it her father ha- had uh, had been diagnosed with skin cancer just before he he ended up dying of a heart attack back in 2003 but one of her really good friends actually um died in the uh, late 90s a, a lady uh, called carolyn who she used to live with um so she she's always sort of lived with the scars of 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 skin cancer and of course she's being a redhead and very fair She's um she's always you know, taken good care of herself, um, but it's uh it's unfortunately called at her door. But she's being very very positive. She it, it obviously comes to be about eight months after her breast cancer treatment diagnosis and treatment and her mastectomy, and of course she dealt with that in good grace and good spirits as as we typically know her to be. Whether you've seen her in an interview or on television, she's done a lot of breakfast TV. Um, in the UK at the moment, talking about not only sort of her own cancer plight, but also the the goings on within the family, especially with how her daughters are dealing with the Prince Andrew saga and whatnot. So she is a trooper, 
which is how she's often described. And I think you can you can really um, sympathise with her, no matter whether you think that um, she's on the right side of history, I suppose, by sticking by Prince Andrew. This is something that uh, you wouldn't wish on your, on your worst enemy. So certainly she's... Um, She's straight out the blocks trying to raise awareness. She's going to try and lend her support and her profile to a national campaign, as she did say she was going to do with breast cancer. Certainly, she's been very, very vocal with um, with the breast cancer side of things, imploring women of a certain age to make sure you get your mammogram checks. Of course, she nearly missed hers. I think it was her sister who was telling her to go to go to her, um, her mammogram. and uh, And that's why her breast cancer was picked up. And the moles that were checked from the, her surgery have, have produced this latest diagnosis. So it's all about being aware of your body and getting checked and making sure you are in the best position to help yourself. So certainly we uh, we wish her all the best and uh, with her, um, her continued recovery. Yes, and this week's public health broadcasting from Pod Save the King, I will share a little bit of Sarah Ferguson's Instagram post when she says, I believe my experience underlines the importance of checking the size, shape, colour and texture and emergence of new moles that can be a sign of melanoma and urge anyone who is reading this to be diligent. So I think it's important to spread the word. And I think it was, I guess, noticeable how that was, I guess, part of how she dealt with her cancer diagnosis last year of trying to turn it into a positive. And I can use my platform. I can use the fact that I'm famous, which isn't always you know, fame comes with downsides as well as upsides, but she wanted to use it for a real positive awareness raising campaign to a certain extent. You know, she's spoken about it very publicly, spoken about it on the podcast that she was talking about it, but on any number of daytime TV shows. I mean, do you think her, maybe even the impact that she had and the awareness that she clearly did raise talking about it last year, do you think that might have affected in any way the king's decision to be as open as he was last week about his prostate treatment. Yeah, I think it's a good show. I mean, it's not normally that the royals are um, synonymous with getting out there and doing public awareness campaigns, especially when it comes to health. And I think that they would have seen how widely receptive the public were to Fergie talking about her diagnosis and her treatment and the fact she's been very, very candid talking about the, you know, the fact that she's had to a mastectomy, um, given her reconstructed breast to name Derek and you know, being very, very jolly about it, but with a serious message. Now, I don't think we're going to necessarily see the king coming out and talking on the on the hospital steps, but we may see him. You never know front a campaign for um, prostate awareness. I mean, there's you know, prostate cancer stats in this country are pretty horrifying and you you look at the profile that they have and the awareness that they can bring and it's definitely that something people of a certain age should be aware of tens and tens of thousands of men have issues with their prostate in the um in the uk every year and i think that they will undoubtedly um be helped by the king talking about the fact that he's going in for this procedure. I mean, they, they just look at the stats. There was an 11-fold increase last week in the NHS um, information site. So it's it's definitely having an effect. And they can't all be journalists checking up what, you know, pr- prostate procedures are. So it is definitely having an, a wider effect. And, and I think the king and Fergie should be hugely celebrated for, for doing so. 
Yeah, definitely instant impact. We've seen the king sort of briefly at the steering wheel um, arriving at, at Sandringham from Scotland where he was going to be resting at Sandringham ahead of the procedure. I mean, what what do we know about the king and, and where we are in his sort of health progress, if you like? Well, we don't really. We were just told. I mean, obviously, it's a private medical matter. They're keeping most things under wraps. I imagine quite like we got a statement from Kensington Palace at the time. We will get one from Buckingham Palace saying that the king has been in and he's had this procedure and he's either recovering for a day or so at, at hospital or will continue to recover at home. He's due to go in this week. I mean, we're on Wednesday now, so it's going to be, of course, in, in the next 24, 48 hours, I would imagine. And then it looks like he's going to be off for, I mean, I've read different reports. I think that the uh, anyone at the palace I was speaking to was saying, we'll just have to see how it goes. But with such prostate procedures, it could keep you off work for about a month. So it's going to be pretty light on the sort of royal working royals front, isn't it? Because we've already had Kate saying that she's not going to be around until after Easter. That probably puts her out until after a end of April. Then you've got William, who is taking some leave uh, to to care for his children and to make sure he can be by Kate's side, certainly until she gets home and possibly a bit beyond. And then, if she's got, if she's going to be in hospital for a couple of weeks, um, and and then you know recuperating at home for another eight weeks, then that takes him and her out the game. Um, and so you've you've we've only seen Camilla out and about this week, and uh, and the Duchess of Edinburgh today. So. Pretty pretty light on um, on numbers, aren't they? Well, they are, but there's a you know the most important thing is your health, and it, it, like it is a great leveler in many ways. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, but the bad bugs, the bad mm. bugs can come for you. Um, in terms of Kate, have you had any? What sort of updates have you had from that, if any at all? We've obviously seen no William arriving to visit. Um, you know, I'm sure there's various phone calls and video calls and whatnot going to and fro with the children to be updated on all the clubs and games and friends and painting and everything else that's been going on at home. But Well, certainly, I mean, um, you know, here's my sympathies because uh, I had both of mine on my, on my own for a few hours the other day. And the, the little one's only a few weeks old. And it was pretty hard going. The, Mrs. Myers was in the hospital for the day having some tests done. And gosh, it's... Pretty strenuous. So fair play to William. I mean, I know that a lot of people are saying, oh, he's got nannies and you know, lots of family around the corner to help. But it it is a pretty serious business. And Kate is going to be out of action for quite a while. There's no running commentary is what the the um, the pallets are saying. There, there is a possibility that they will give us an update as and when she's due to come out or has come out. Um, I'd imagine that will happen. But there is also a possibility that, that Kate may want to come and out and speak about it in due course. That, that is something that I think may happen. Um, there's obviously been a lot of speculation about what she is in hospital for. We won't necessarily do that here, but I think that once she is fully recovered, you may see the fact that Fergie has spoken about her diagnosis, the King has come out. I think that it's well within the realms of possibility that Kate will will speak about her her ordeal because I imagine it has been quite an ordeal. It's quite a big, it's a big stay in hospital and a big recovery time as well. So um, I'm sure she'll take her time before she gets back to work. How did, um, obviously I caught up with Jen last week, we've not had a chance to properly sort of catch up about it. Like how did the news come through for the Royal 
you know, for the Royal Rotor, that it was it a massive shock, I would imagine. Because you'd been yeah, planning, I mean, you'd been expecting trips to be planned and engagements. And we know that her office has obviously been obviously been in touch with the various charities and places that she had been planning to visit in the coming weeks. Well, literally just a couple of days before, I mean, I think one did this break on the Wednesday it broke, didn't it? And she'd been in on the Tuesday. I mean, up until the the Friday previous, I'd been speaking with the palace about um, this trip that I had broken the story on, that they were going to, their, their first tour of the year was going to be a foreign tour to thank British troops working overseas. I couldn't say why where that was for security reasons, and it's since been put out there that it is... Um, Latvia. So, I, I mean, that that was still going ahead, and right up until the week of um, the week before her hospital stay. So, you know, I'm sure it was. It, it, the palace has said it was a planned procedure. I mean, it could be planned right up until the, the day before, a few hours before, can't it? But it it certainly wasn't something that was long in the planning, and for her to have to take such drastic action to to sit out. All the royal engagements right up until after Rita is is it obviously tells you the seriousness of her of her condition. One of the things that's sort of come back to light with the king having uh, a procedure that he's been having is the discussion around the councillors of state and who the people are who can stand in for him and all that kind of thing and. Um, it, the changes that have been made to that. And it's obviously contentious at the moment because notionally Harry and Andrew are still on the list of people who could be asked to stand in on behalf of, of the monarch if he is incapacitated. Um, but it, it doesn't work entirely like that, does it, Russell? No, and I think it was a good story from uh, my colleague Kate Manty at the Times last week about how that... Um, Prince Andrew and Prince Harry have have been sidelined uh, very quietly from their sort of council of state's role. So certainly the the language that is being used that only working royals will will be able to stand in for the king. I mean, this is not a time where that is going to be necessary, Buckingham Palace have said. They don't envisage that to be the case. Um, But very interesting that that process had been put in place for... Andrew and Harry to to both have that role essentially stripped away from them because it was causing quite a lot of hoo ha within not only the sort of palace walls but b- b- by the the journalists who were asking those sorts of questions as well and indeed let's say there is a situation where um, Charles is incapacitated for longer time than he is believed to need to take off at the moment, um, then the responsibility needs to pass down the track and and on who will that fall to, especially if William isn't around because he's either looking after Kate and she may still be in hospital at, at that time. So it, it, it is it is an issue. And I think that this, this Council of State bill that has been put forward that um, only working members of the family will be called to act as councillors of state is quite significant now and sort of tells you um, that there there really is no role for Andrew or Harry, whether it is sort of by the back door, them trying to come in and, and save the day if they were needed because they've been told that they, they're, they're not needed. Because traditionally it's the, essentially the four next in line, I think, that would take it. So that would give you William, Harry, 
Andrew and Princess Beatrice. So actually, by saying non-working royals can't do it, you've knocked out three out of the four anyway. So Edward, Edward and Anne were added on to the list um, last year or the year before. I lose, tr- I lose track of which years we're in. <laughs> But, um, you know, mm, they, they were added <laughs> after the king's accession to to fill that out. But again, you know, you do. I think you and I were regularly reminded at the moment and in the last week, particularly that the slim down royal family is very slim now. And when you're looking at star power, it's probably even slimmer in a lot of ways. I mean, fair play to Camilla. She's kind of keeping the show on the road and she's had a big focus on domestic violence engagements um over the last over the last week opening three safe safe spaces and visiting refuge and um an area that has been an ongoing you know interest and and passion passion of her certainly yeah well i mean she's the she's the one keeping the show on the road isn't she and certainly didn't necessarily want to get into a um, the whys and wherefores of of her husband's condition just said he was fine when she was asked yesterday about how he was doing. But I think her her work has been very very focused, as you said, on gender based violence. Talk, going to refuge during the week, and it's something interestingly it emerged yesterday that she's taking part in a documentary about domestic violence, which I think is a real watershed moment. You know, you're talking not only has she broken the mould of this over the last few years, taking part in interviews, raised the profile of domestic violence, um, you know, women and men suffering at the hands of violent partners, um, but also, you know, putting her her name to it and and saying that she had personal experience in terms of her friends suffering domestic violence and it's something that she really wanted to change. And I think that her continued focus on that, even though she's changed roles um, now, obviously, being uh, by her husband's side as the queen is is really important because it sort of elevates it once more. And I think the documentary will be very, very interesting to see her involvement in that and and how much she she's really sort of pushing that agenda. And that that's going to be out in the uh, in the autumn, I'm told. And it's uh, you know, in terms of the change in her world over the last year and you know even before that you know there's her sister talking in the boxing day documentary um about you know seeing her go off in the coach and oh this is really it this is you know my sister's doing this and how different it is from the life she might have expected to lead really and then you know even last year when she was getting the crown put on her head in Westminster Abbey she wouldn't have expected to be the the one the one person out of I think back to that diplomatic reception picture before Christmas when there was all of the end game hoo ha going on and you've got um, Charles and Camilla and Kate and William all dressed up to the nines for the dinner she's the only one who's who's on the circuit at the moment and it's it's a lot on her she's she's had the least probably I mean I guess you know Kate was newer to the scene but she came with less baggage you know there's a lot for Camilla to to deal with through all of that. But she seems relatively unflappable with it all. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, whilst you've got sort of the main players out the picture, as it were, you've still got Sophie and Edward. I mean, Edward has been in South Africa uh, this week and he is in St. Helena at the moment, which has come under a bit of criticism. And I think that we're, um, that's possibly something we can touch upon next week because I think that 
yeah, should should William, sorry, should Edward be flying over to South Africa? Should he be going flying thousands of miles to tiny British overseas territory when it is all pretty much kicking off back home? And we've seen Sophie still doing great work. She's been at a, a school in South London today talking about um, menstrual campaigns to menstrual awareness to, to teenage girls. And again, this is not off the beaten track for her because she does a lot of things with young women, with, um, again, gender-based violence. She's been doing a lot of um, campaigns in both the UK and abroad. She is possibly the one who is best placed to step into the role and help the royal family in these in these sorts of moments. But I'm not too sure whether Prince Edward is, and he kind of is here, there and everywhere doing stuff for Duke of Edinburgh, which is no doubt worthy. But I think that when you're looking at opinion polls at the moment and a lot of those polls are coming back saying that the monarchy should be further slimmed down, it's um it's interesting to 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 think about where the royal family should be focusing its time, I suppose. I guess it but it comes, I guess, as well, a bit to the point of why why do we need to go to the British overseas territories at all, or why do we even have them to a certain extent? Back into like questions of how the world came to be this shape, and does it should it still be this shape in in twenty twenty four? I mean, you see, we'll come speak a bit more about Meghan and Harry later, but people comparing their visit to Jamaica, which is you know social and glamorous and and red carpet, and not political and not on behalf of the crown and making up all the sort of the old relationships and issues of the past um, versus when William and Kate went there, when everything was so sort of loaded with, um, you know, empire and slavery and all of the, all of the bad stuff of the past, which ultimately, you know, was happened long before them, but it's them going there in those roles reminds you of the sort of the inequality of the past and, and the present and and those relationships so you know and i don't know australian and new zealand and canadian you know our listeners from around the world would have a better idea to a certain extent i guess of what they get out of royal visits but what you know what what is the purpose why why do we send our royals around the world to do these things well, it's a big question, isn't it? And I think when there's a cost of living crisis around the world and there are less royals doing the work, then they should be put under further scrutiny. But you could argue that the palace don't necessarily want that scrutiny. They don't necessarily raise the profile of, um, let's say, the the more minor royals' trips. I mean, there was no, there was only one journalist who went with Princess Anne to Sri Lanka there wasn't a big fanfare from the palace about the trips. There was no briefings. There was no massive forewarning. There was certainly no briefings or forewarning about um, Edward's trip to South Africa or St Helena. And then I think you, you know, the question should be raised about what what is everybody getting out of this? Because it's the British taxpayer picking up the bill. It will be the Canadian or the uh, Australian taxpayers fitting the bill when. The king and queen are in Canada and Australia and New Zealand later on in the year. What do they get out of it? And we're going to obviously have, we're going to ask them, our Canadian and Australian cousins, when we're on the road later on in this, later on in the year. And if you, uh, if you want to be on the podcast, we should, uh, we should do shout outs before we go because that it's, it's worked, it's worked well when we've been 
out to Canada last time we were speaking to some locals. I, I remember in Yellowknife when we spoke to a lot of people who were who were quite up for the the fact that they they were paying for the royals to come and that they we they were rolling out the red carpet. So will that change with the fact that you know these these trips are uh, costing more money and and we're all feeling the pinch a bit more. I'm reminded that I failed in one of the things I was meant to do before Christmas, which was put up a Instagram poll of what is the main purpose of the royal family or what should it what should it be. So given that it's kind of come back around again and we might be speaking about this again next week, then I will I will endeavour to keep my resolutions and, and put mm. that one up. Um, why do you think Edward gets, do you think he he's, I don't know, the the LVP out of the working royals is the least the least valuable player. You seem a bit down on him. I just think that there are. I'm not sure why we are sending a member of the royal family thousands and thousands of miles away on a private jet to a tiny British overseas territory that is going to cost an awful lot of money. And we often hear from the palace and the. Um, you know, this is coming from up top, isn't it? The king is telling everyone to tighten their belts, and yet Prince Edward's flying around on a private jet to you know a place that nobody, ninety nine percent of people, couldn't point to on a map. But he has met a one hundred and ninety one year old tortoise, and the well, it seems as though them. that was the highlight of it. I mean, <laughs> if you, if we're scratching around for, for those sorts of highlights. I think I, I rest my case, my lord. I'm, gonna, I'm putting the picture up on our Instagram. Answer oh, caption, caption suggestions, please. Um, it's a uh, it's a cracker. Um, I mentioned our friends, the Sussexes, over the other side of the Atlantic um, on their travels again. There's again been a few different bits and pieces going on with them over the last week. I guess the big newsy news was Harry dropping his legal one of his legal cases. Um, I guess sort of backing down, firing a few shots as he went. I think <laughs> the classic. In the classic well, sense. yeah, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting the fact that they had to um, deliver new documents that possibly would have put him in a compromising position, and then he decided to throw in the towel, as it were. So a big, big legal bill for Harry. I mean, they're talking of seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth of legal fees because he's got to pay for himself and Associated Newspapers publishers of the Mail on Sunday and the Daily Mail and Mail Online. Uh, their legal fees as well. So he's been left with a hefty bill for fighting this case. And um, he's still obviously fighting the Home Office in the High Court about his security arrangements. This story was, and I paraphrase, uh, to do with the fact that the the paper had, had said that um, there was some sort of wrangling with the Home Office and then Harry had offered to pay, but then the Home Office said that he hadn't had he hadn't offered to pay at that particular time. So it all got very messy and he felt that he'd been slighted by it, but he's obviously stepped away from it now. So it'd be interesting to see where the uh, where the other cases go. Of course, that um he's uh it's still an ongoing case with the Sun, and there is an ongoing case with the Home Office, as I've mentioned. So fighting a lot of fronts. I mean but he's still picking up awards. I mean, you see him with John Travolta during Legends the week. Legends of Master. Aviation. Legends of Aviation, of course. Yeah, that uh, well-known um, honour that uh, he, he picked up last week. I thought people were being a bit unfair to Harry and Meghan. I will say that they there's this picture that, of them in Kingston overnight at the Bob Marley 
film One Love, the premiere, um, overnight, and that Harry and Meghan were posing next to the anti-royal Jamaican Prime Minister who wants to ditch the monarchy and warned Wills and Kate they'll never be king of queen of his nation. I mean, listen, Andrew Holness, the Prime Minister, was there. So they're hardly going to snub him for a picture, are they, when it's uh, for such a good cause as the Bob Marley One Love premiere. So it's interesting, though, isn't it? They're, they're on a very, very different sphere to what's going on with the royal family. The royal family's all kind of scrabbling around for um for for people to fill in jobs. And I'm I'm sure they would have loved Harry and Meghan to be involved in, in such a way. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well that's life, eh? Well, you know, sliding doors, isn't it? Things Absolutely. how things could have been and how they are. Um yeah, so Legends of Aviation, John Travolta is always um always good value and it sounds like Harry Harry gave him a little bit of a ribbing over those that famous uh, dance with with Diana. <laughs> he, he basically said you've been dining out on that for the last thirty years or whatever. So why wouldn't um, you? Why would forty you? years possibly, yeah. Interesting. I, I got to get I got to go see that dress. I think that was one of the ones that was in the Diana fashion exhibition. Oh yeah. Amber and I went to see a while back at um, at Kensington Palace podcast episode in the archive somewhere if you want to dig that out and enjoy some fashion for a change because it has been a while i'm looking to do some fashion coming up hopefully probably not with russell i'm afraid russell <laughs> i might try and find an alternative friend for that episode probably wise as much as i enjoy your your fashion um commentary <laughs> i mean i've i barely dare ask this question um what have we got to look forward to coming up well, I mean, there isn't very much, is there? I mean, we've got we, we there is nothing that I can tell you because there has been nothing put out. So it's uh it's a bit of wait and see. I mean, imagine the king is going to go in over, as I said, the next 24, 48 hours, and then if he's off for a month, we've got Wills and Kate still off. Um, it's going to be pretty much Sophie and Camilla flying the flag. So we'll just have to w- w- wait and see. Um, it's a real shame because obviously week after next we were due to go to uh or oh, next week, sorry due to go to uh, Latvia and then obviously the, the Italy trip was planned in somewhere sometime in March. So that's all off now, unfortunately. So we'll have to, we'll have to find something else to get our, uh, to get our teeth into. Russell's put his passport back in the drawer. Oh, I know. It's depressing. It's depressing. Well, um, Russell, it's been lovely to catch up with you. Hopefully we'll have some good news, health updates when we chat again in a week. Hopefully Kate will be, back home to continue her recuperation and the king will have had his prostate seen to and be recovering and uh, hopefully there'll be some more glorious pictures of other royals out and about involving tortoises or otherwise um, but whatever whatever goes on and the royals do always surprise us each week in different ways I think um, for better and for worse and we shall look forward to talking about it again next week. Um, listeners, thank you for joining us as ever. Visit us on Instagram. And Russell is on X or Twitter as well. I've given up on that one, really. It's, <laughs> I like the Instagram. It's much friendlier. Uh, so find find us there and do let us know your thoughts. And we'll, Like I said, I'll put the poll up. Let us know. What do you think is the point of the royal family? Um, other than to give me and Russell something to talk about once a week. So, listeners, you stay safe, you stay well, check your moles, and until next time. Pod save the king!